Welcome back to the Morning Skate. It's uh, another special Northeastern episode. I am solo without my boy, Ked. It's Brownie here with uh, the sophomore forward for Northeastern, Taze Thompson. Welcome to the podcast, Taze. How you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Thanks for coming on. Uh, I'm going to get this out of the way right away because I don't know if you're aware of the nicknames like I give Katie and Skyler, you know, on the write-ups and stuff. So me and Coach Carp, I go, how long do you think I'm going to be able to go without saying this to Taze? And he goes, you're not going to be able to make it through. So just get it over with right in the beginning. <laughs> I need you to score on like a nice one-timer so I can write. And it's a laser from the Taser. That's that a good can't one. be the first you've heard that one, I'm sure. Oh, in, in practice, <laughs> I, need to, I need to do it in a game. In practice, skirt all of them. They go taser with the laser. Yeah, it's hilarious, but it's I mean, a good one. I know. I, Sorry, I haven't been giving you that. <laughs> well, no, you're doing. You, listen, don't worry about that. The points will come. The two points in the standings is the most important. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Uh, all right, so let's get into growing up. Be Sherwood Park, Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. The biggest question I got to ask: Oilers or Flames? Oh, I was Oilers. I'm secretly part of me will always be with Oilers. Always. <laughs> Sorry. No, hey, that's your team. Your team's your team. <laughs> yeah. Loyal, loyal to the oil since I've been little. So uh through the through the tough times with them and through the good times. Well, fair enough, fair enough. Uh what other other sports besides hockey growing up? Honestly, it was just all hockey in my household. I played lacrosse since I was little, so I actually played lacrosse all the way up until my senior year um in high school so i played box lacrosse growing up in canada um and then switched to field so i was always hockey and lacrosse my whole life but in terms of just watching sports it was always hockey did you have a player that you were like a favorite player besides your dad did you have a favorite player growing up that you always liked to root for or watch growing up it was always jonathan caves but then now in more modern times uh it's definitely like Matthews or McDavid, I just think they're the most elite hockey players I've ever seen. And some of the things they can do with the puck, it's not even human. So especially McDavid, now he's with Oilers. I gotta go with McDavid. Yeah. Actually, there was a. I saw this thing online where it was. Um, they were saying that McDavid is the most dominant athlete in his sport, and then the 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 counter argument was Kale McCarr, because McCarr's got a cup and McDavid does not. If, yeah, my sister, if you were to ask my sister this question, it's Kale McCarr. Kale, she loves Kale McCarr. She's a little defensive. Um, he's He could be the most elite. He's right up there. McKinnon, same thing. McKinnon, yeah. McCarr, McDavid, so much talent, young talent, too, in the league. I think it's so different from when I was little to now. Like, some of these players are just insane. When I was really young, it was, like, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, those kind of guys. But yeah. I think taking a little bit of a turn now well we were saying on the podcast last week or the week before that if kale mccarr tired retired right now he, he'd be a hall of famer <laughs> he's got everything four years in the league and he's, so many he's, accolades. And he's i don't even know if he's what like 24 yet like he's got yeah. everything <laughs> 
Yeah, I saw the thing where he, I don't remember who he was with when they brought the cup to uh, Calgary and they had like a swan boats. They were going down the river. Uh, it was him and one of the other players for Colorado's from Calgary. I don't remember. I don't remember who, but yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, sorry. Got diver- diverted there. Um, so your did your, so your dad, for those that don't know, your dad had a 12 year pro career, NHL, AHL, uh, current coach, uh, assistant coach of the Flyers. I'm assuming that you leaving them alone with this little losing streak they're on, no chirps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, me and my dad, we keep in touch about everything. We don't, we don't really talk about his team actually a whole bunch. Uh, um, I try and keep keep up as much as I can with with how they're doing, but he loves it in in Philly. Like he is just so fortunate to have that position. He loves working. He has nothing but good things to say about John Tortorella. Um, yeah, I was going to ask if you had any Torts going. Yeah, learned so much from Torts. Says he's just one of the most unbelievable guys he's ever met. Um, so I just think he's so blessed to be in that position, and he loves it. And so, yeah, losing streak's unfortunate, but, I mean, he's learning so much. He's growing so much. So it is what it is. Hopefully you can turn it around. It's tough, man. The, the NHL so – we say all the time, the NHL is such better – is so much better when Philly is good. You know, yeah. It's one of those teams. Yeah, no kidding. And the atmosphere in Philly, like the fans are, they're crazy too. They're good. They're they're hype. <laughs> yeah. So I mean. And your your older brother is also playing. Uh, he was uh, he played at Huntsville, uh, Alabama Huntsville, and he's now playing for the Havoc, right? He was, yeah, but he's he actually just officially hung up the skates a couple months there, like a week oh. ago, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and he so he's back home in Alberta, and he he had a great long career with hockey went to huntsville loved huntsville loved playing in the south but now all roads lead home back in alberta he loves yeah he's just working in alberta so good stuff oh good for him good for him that's great yeah. um all right so you played lacrosse uh played hockey your whole life uh was there anyone growing up like you talked about taste and kane is those the guys you tried to like pattern your game after yeah i think jonathan Taves growing up he was center so i Right now, it's funny. I'm playing wing, but growing up, I was a center, and so I didn't think he plays a full 200-foot game being a two-way center. He was always – I really, like, loved his seriousness, but his competitiveness, like, he was just so locked into what he was doing all the time. And Chicago was always such a fun team to watch growing up because they had that year where they won, like, back-to-back cups where they were always in the running, and they were one of the most elite teams growing up when I was growing up. Um, so, yeah, definitely. And then Kane was just – he was just so fun to watch. Like he'd pull stuff out, and you were just being the basement stick handling, trying to do what he was doing. And so they were both just two players that I really loved watching. No, well, yeah, I'll, even though one of them was over my team, the Bruins, but that's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, so when you get going from Alberta to the New Hampton school, that must have been a little bit of a change, change of scenery, change of pace. A little bit. I actually don't think it was bad because I just moved around my whole life so I was so used to just moving from city to city and just kind of being put in unfamiliar environments and so honestly it was I loved New Hampton it was one of the best most sound decisions I think I could have ever made just because there was so much chaos in my life with moving around and never knowing kind of what team my dad was going to be playing with or coaching for so the decision there was just I kind of wanted to have a place just to have two solid years at like I could stay and graduate no matter what was going on with my dad if he moved to a place where female hockey wasn't really in the market right. um, and I'd still be at New Hampton so it wouldn't really matter 
um, yeah, so it wasn't, I mean, it was different, um, you know, from other places in a good way. Like I loved it. It was tiny. It was kind of out just like in the mountains, kind of in the middle of nowhere. It was just its own little kind of community and it was unbelievable. I cannot say enough good things about New Hampton. I also don't want to gloss over what you accomplished there. You were the captain of the team, the first woman hockey player to Blake to break a hundred points in two seasons and 59 games played, which not a big deal. Right. <laughs> and then uh, you were also the NEPSAC player of the year. And then while you were there, the U19, the Boston junior Eagles, you guys are national champs, 32 0 and 0, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love this. Bring back great memories. Of <laughs> yeah. That was a, that was an unbelievable, yeah, unbelievable year. Just great people. I was surrounded by amazing people. That Eagles team was so fun. We beat Shattuck in the finals, and that was like, oh. it was like our Stanley Cup. Like it oh, was, yeah. it was just unbelievable to beat a team that had you know all those USA girls on it at the time, the 18s, and um, it was so fun. It was yeah, it was incredible. What's nice about those teams, I've noticed, because I, I know when I was talking with Katie Knoll, we we uh, we were talking about she had a similar run, was that the team ends up spread throughout D1. So you end up seeing a lot of the players either with them or against them as you move forward through through your college career. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, in when I was in ECAC last year, I would see a lot of those girls um, that I put Eagles with. But now in Hockey East, I see – so much more of those Eagles girls like this. Yeah, like two on Holy Cross. It was so fun, like seeing them, catching up with them. A couple on Vermont that um, we just played. And so, yeah, it was. it's so fun always getting to kind of like hug them after the game. No matter what the score is, you're just happy to see like old friends. And yeah, yeah. It's so fun. Yeah, it's great. Well, you so you talked about the ECAC. So you went to Harvard. Uh, you're the rookie, Ivy League rookie of the year. You played all three, 33 games. ECAC champs. And so this was a funny stat I saw. So 14 of your 20 points came in Ivy League play, and you scored a goal in each of the Beanpot games, and you guys won the Beanpot. Uh, so are you one of those, like, uh, Chucky Brightlights, big games, big play, when the spotlight's on? Uh, I try to be. You want to score. You want to contribute in every game. Right. But, I mean, Beanpot, that was such a fun turn. I mean, I, I love I love little – like, when – because it's one game on the line. Like when there's like something's on the line every single game you're playing, every game is so important. But uh, Beanpot was so fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, you want to do that every game, but definitely a little extra fire when something's on the line. It's one and done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got all the pressure. And then, all right. So I, I did want to ask this. So you wore 19 at Harvard. Was there any relevance to 19? Was it because of Taves? Maybe a little bit, yeah. I was always like nine and nineteen growing up, so definitely, definitely, maybe he's who I grew up watching, who I grew up liking. So um, I was fortunate to wear, yeah, nineteen. So then you went, so you ate the portal over to Northeastern. Uh, you didn't want to ask Marone to give up her nineteen, apparently. So. <laughs> no, it looks good on Abby. She can take it. Dude, the way she eats pucks, I wouldn't, I wouldn't test her on anything. Good oh Lord. my god, she's just. <laughs> She's a sponge. She just takes everything. She's unbelievable. Yeah, she's she. There was uh the last. I think the last game. I think it was the last game. You guys are up by like three, with like two minutes left in the game, and she drops to a knee in the defensive zone and took one right in this right in this chest. I was like, so good, good lord. Like, 
I don't think, and and a lot of people think like you're in the lane, like you think you're going to get the shot, but it's really hard to actually be in the right lane. And she's yeah. in it every single time yeah. and she doesn't miss and she's so good at it. No, she should be up there with Gwen, goalie of the month. I mean, she's a, she's another contender. Abby's, an, Abby's another contender. <laughs> It'll be funny in beer league if I if I make a couple of blocks during the period I'll you know in the break I'll say to the goalie I'm like I had three you know and he's like shut up he's like you were screaming so I'm glad you blocked them. Um, all right, so now uh, so were there any other schools that you were talking to or contemplating to prior to transfer? Um, yeah, there was a handful of schools, um, and they were all in hockey east, but uh, Northeastern was really I was sold on Northeastern right from the get go. Um, but definitely, yeah, there was conversations a lot. It was kind of, um, it was, yeah, it was a weird situation, very difficult, very last minute, but Northeastern was just lights out for me. I think, um, the way that the coaches and the team have transformed the program over the last couple of years, um, it's just such, it's a team where you hate losing more than you like winning. And there was something I just loved about that. Like, it's just the standard is to win games and the standard is to come to the rink every practice, win every practice, win every game. Um, the academics are second to none. They're unbelievable. Professors here are unbelievable. The programs here, the co-op program, everything. It was, it was, I couldn't say no. <laughs> I couldn't not yeah. come there. <laughs> yeah, I know they were very excited. Uh, I remember whenever it was official, I remember talking with Coach Carp within not too far of a time from that and he was like we have some transfers and he was talking about you and uh mode and uh and i knew about mode and i was like oh from uvm he's like you got a girl that transferred from harvard and i was like oh and that he he gave me the keep an eye on kind of thing so yeah no it's we were very excited to get you over for sure oh, i it felt like home within the first 25 minutes of being here oh that's great it was yeah. great. Oh, city too makes it easier, you know. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so the forty-four, any significance to the forty-four that you're wearing? Um, not a whole lot of significance. Um, not not really. No, not. I mean, I like the double number. <laughs> I like the double number a lot, and um, there's kind of there's. Like this kind of funny story. I don't know. There's like a Bible verse. It's like Psalm 44, and it's kind of like a reminder of past victories and like a plea to the future. So I thought that was a kind of a cool. I was like, all right, a reminder of everything that happened in the past and like a kind of a new chapter to set forward. And That's I really, like, yeah. So I really liked that. And I was like, 44. And then no one was 44. And I was like, all right, done. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. That's a much better answer than I thought. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, it's kind of awkward, like, like when people ask, like, I don't usually, but I'm like, it to me, like, I really like that. I kind of highlight that. So I really liked that, uh, that meaning behind it. Oh, that's great. No, that's awesome. Uh, so you talked about the academics. Academics are great. What about the, um, what about the transfer to the new system? I've heard from other players that it's a pretty complex defensive system that you guys run. Was, yeah. Is there an adjustment there? Definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, the way our, our D zone is so shut down and there's kind of a lot of moving pieces and it's really important. Um, I'm working on it every single day. I mean, I, there's always stuff to improve on. It's definitely an adjustment, definitely something that 
um, I really want to prioritize and something I can get better at every single game. Something me and Carp talk about a lot too. Um, uh, it's different too because like I can go back and forth between center and wing and both have very different jobs. But it's important to know how to do both and kind of to be like a player who can do both soundly and like to be reliable. Um, so it was a big adjustment. It, it still is an adjustment, but you know, at this point in the year, it's something that I should have locked down by now, but you know, you want to keep working on it every game. Is it, has it been, has it been a little easier playing the wing instead of the center with less responsibilities? Um, different, I guess different responsibilities. Different responsibility, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think there's, yeah, there's, there's, um, different jobs for each, uh, yes and no, but there's still, it's, it's, this it's very similar, but very different. Um, but the coaches do a really good job kind of explaining your role and explaining what man you have and, um, kind of to be aware, like if your weak side dropping in and X, Y, and Z. And so, um, the coaches do a really good job writing it all up and making sure that, uh, you know, who you have and what your responsibility is. Yeah. Well, the more, the more you, the more tools you add to your tool bag, it makes it harder for you to be on the bench right and sure. you want to you want to be able to be out there in every situation and you yeah. are but you know as you move forward through your career you know become relied upon more and more no okay yeah. no it's great um how did you know any of the girls on the team prior um honestly not really at all no and it's funny because everywhere around the league like i at least know one person the only person i kind of knew just from playing against her was Skylar Irving. Oh, yeah. um, so me and Skirv, like, I, I remember I didn't even really know her at all, um, but I had her just on social media, and I just remember texting her and being like, hey. And this was, like, while the transfer was, like, in process, like, not, and I was just, like, really scared, and I was just um, kind of texting her. And, and she is just one of my best friends now. Um, like, right from the get-go, she was like, no, like, it's going to be okay, like, everything's going to go through nicely. Like we're, we're good. And so she was just really kind of like a good engine for me and like helped me through so much at the very, like the uneasy stuff. And she's just, yeah. So Skirv was really the only person I knew just because she played at Tabor. Um, and I played against her at New Hampton, but we're best friends now. But other than that, like not a single person, but within a week, it felt like I knew everyone on the team since I was like four years old and they were just the most welcoming, That's awesome great group of people some of the best people like i will be friends with these people until i die like, they're unbelievable yeah you know that's funny that's that you say that because it's almost the same words that uh katie had said uh she said something about like like to, about megan carter she's like she's never getting rid of me for the rest of her life or something <laughs> like that and, uh yeah. franco when i interviewed her last year she said something and i speak i think that speaks to the culture and the way you guys all i mean it's it's no secret how much you guys root for each other. And I was at a practice not too long ago and like everybody's hooting and hollering. Everybody's so excited for each other. Like I thought you guys were going to uh, dogpile Mia Brown when she scored in the game at the last <laughs> second, you know, yeah. it was like you guys won the hockey East. It was great. Oh, the, the culture here, the best, the best group I've ever been a part of in my whole life. Like from the ground up, like, unbelievable people and I think that's just a testament to coach Flint and Carp and Burham and like the group that they've really cultivated like if I could tell like little Taze that she would have ended up like playing for a team like this like she would be so happy 
Yeah, it makes all the struggles worth it, right, at the end. No kidding, for sure. Uh, well, I do want to highlight one thing. Your first game of the year, I don't know if you remember this, at the final horn, you greenlit one of the <laughs> Long Island people behind the net, one of the players. And I was like, Carpet told me to keep an eye on you. And then that play happened. Talk about, and I think I wrote it up, like playing to the final horn or something like that. And I was just that. It's just a dumb, stupid play. But that really impressed me. I'm like, oh, I like her. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I think I was honestly just trying to brace myself. I think it, like it looked bad. I mean, I I am an like I love playing kind of tenacious, but I never want to like be you know I never want to hurt anyone. I never want to be like oh one yeah, of, of course. Yeah, of course. But it was yeah, it, I kind of was bracing myself. Maybe it looked a little weird, but you want to play hard to the final seconds for sure. But um, <laughs> I remember thinking, I'm like, oh, she's fully bought in. Yeah. <laughs> one sure. game in. It was no, it was a great play. Well, all right, so twenty one games played. You're at two, eight, and ten with a game winning goal, plus twelve, ten blocks and four pims. That's pretty pretty good stat line. I mean, you gotta be I mean, you always want more, right? But right, yeah. But that yeah. I mean that I think that that's a solid, you know, that's a solid stat line. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, it's it's easy when you're playing with people as good as I'm playing with, and the girls make it. You know, they're they're unbelievable. Like the talent in our locker room is so good. But um, yeah, you always you always want to strive for more. You always want to you know help and produce. But uh, yeah, numbers numbers are something I try not to get in my head about. I try right. not to look at because then you can just kind of start slumming yourself down. But um, you know, when we're, our record is, you know, 18, two and one, I think right now, which is just yeah. so like, we always, we always just want to shoot for those points and like hockey East and, you know, looking down the line, but um, yeah, definitely, definitely not a bad start. Definitely can, can always just go up. And I think the final half of the year um, I'm really excited for, I know the team is really excited for. So yeah, this is like the halfway part. Yeah. Right? yeah. Good to see. Okay. Yeah. And the reset and the rest over Christmas is, I know everyone's looking forward to after I think we've played 21 games, so it'll be good. You, uh, I know we're not looking at numbers, but you have like a 616 faceoff percentage. You are killing it at the dot. I don't even know if you're aware of that. No, yeah. So faceoffs, <laughs> faceoffs might be the one number I do look at. Oh, yeah. I, I take a lot of pride in the dot. Like I, um, I always have ever since like I, I hate. I hate losing draws. I mean, I I respect like there's other girls around like the league that I'll look at. And I I just know like she's good at face off. She does yeah. this on draws. Like, um, like same last year. Like I'll I'll know the girls on the other team that are just wicked good at draws. And I honestly I try and watch what they're doing. Like if I'm on yeah. the bench and I'm not taking a draw, um, just because possession is so important. Like I don't think people sometimes realize like how important draws are or just getting possession in like the ozone or even d zone draws like yeah and so that's something that um i do look at and i i always if i'm having you know maybe a horrible game i can't get the legs going everything i'm doing is bad like the one thing i want to be good at is winning a draw yeah. <laughs> that's yeah so thank you <laughs> yeah. well this just shows the mentality of like a elite d1 athlete versus like a ham and egg or beer leaguer i always play d <laughs> And this last team I'm on, they want me to play forward to contribute offense. I'm like, okay. And I'm taking some face-offs. And we had 
I think there was one game. I think I lost like three straight. And we're on the bench. And I said to one of my wingers, I'm like, man, the guy's doing something different every time. I don't know what to do. He's like, you can do something different. I'm like, oh, I never thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> so no. Like, just an idiot, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and there, there really is like so much a draw like entails. Like, you, you know, I always, I talk to my dad a lot. I'm like, why? Like, if I, if I'm losing draws or a girl's beating me every time, I'm like, what am I, why am I getting beat? every time and he'll be like well she's sweeping your stick or she's getting body on you and so like I like to look at that and kind of like switch up what I'm doing and then um yeah it's very it's kind of tactical it's more tactical than I think yeah I'll watch Bergeron the way he does stuff and he he's, it's he's unbelievable unbelievable I think yeah. that's why he wins um like the selfie I think it is right every yeah. year yeah. he's unbelievable too he's another player I should have said earlier in the podcast actually as a two-way centerman like he could probably be the most. Listen, uh, on a week-to-week basis, Bergeron gets plenty of plenty of time on this podcast. Don't worry. I, my co-host is a Rangers fan, so I bring him up constantly, and he's constantly just rolling his eyes at me. Yeah, that's all right. Uh, all right, so you guys won your last six, rolling into the break. Yeah. Down in Nashville. What would you think of Nashville? Did you have a good time? How would you like that tourney? Oh, Nashville was awesome. It was so fun. Um, it was good, I think, to get – a new environment, kind of play somewhere other than uh, Matthews or other arenas we've been at. Um, maybe kind of get a new energy going, and it was it was so fun. Those are really really good teams to Cornell and Princeton. Um, so it was really good to go and have really good competition. Um, also, it was Nashville. Like that's super yeah. cool. I was like, that's awesome. Like, mom, like we're going to Nashville. <laughs> like, I don't know. I thought that was really cool. It was in the South. Like it was. Um, all the lights, like you're there to play hockey, obviously. And like when it came down to it, like we were so dialed in, but um, our hotel was right off of like Broadway. So it's really cool. Like you go and you get to play the sport you love, like with the people you love, but you also get to see these cities that yeah. you never see. So I just think that's something so, so cool about being, you know, an athlete at this level is just the experiences. And so that's definitely, you know, an experience of time I'll never forget, even though it was only a couple of days. It was really cool. I saw we had I think I posted it. Philip we posted it on the morning state too. Phillips is uh she had the hat cam. Yeah. Hat, whatever it was. Yeah, she had the GoPro yeah, on the, the cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. The GoPro. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, awesome. like, those are the best, those bonding trips. You know, even like oh, any yeah. week of the way, you know. You're going with the no. team, you're going with the squad. Yeah, it's a good time. Oh, uh, awesome. see you Christmas break, you going home? Are you, you I don't know how it works in college. Do you guys yeah is there like a mandated shutdown yes so on the 12th of december i think we're all released and then we can be back um on the 30th and so we kind of get a good like a week and a half two weeks almost um and yeah i'm going i'm going back to alberta um because my my dad will be traveling on the road actually for like all that time and then my mom is with my sister um at tournaments in detroit um, so everyone's everywhere. It's always chaotic during this time, but then we're all oh, coming man. back, all coming back together um, in Philadelphia where they're staying right now, uh, oh, like right before, right before Christmas. So I'll get a week home with them and I'm so excited. I haven't seen my mom um, in months. I was able to see my dad when they were playing the Bruins um, oh, nice. and they stayed like right on campus and it was like in back bay. It was the best I hadn't seen a family member in so long. And so just to see him like in person, I was like, oh my God. 
it was awesome so yeah little moments like that i'm so grateful for and then going home and seeing my family will be amazing how do you want to ask about your dad is he as he mellowed out as a coach because i remember him as a player and he was uh <laughs> a bit of a troublemaker out there oh yeah he was he was an instigator as a player but i think he is like a completely different coach like he's he's so intelligent and he's so calm and like he a defenseman you know he saw the whole ice growing up and like he, i think the the <laughs> he was just a fighter like he always kind of jokes he was like you know i had no skills so i had to be smart like i had to think the game i wasn't good enough to not <laughs> like he was he's funny like that but i mean he's such an intelligent coach and um he's always studying the game like always studying he's watching hockey all the time he's um you know he he works on like his craft more than i think a player does as a coach and he yeah he's so much calmer now like he's one of the best role models people i will ever know yeah he's he's nothing like it's always funny like i always have to kind of explain that to my friends like no he's not hit <laughs> the hockey fights you see on youtube are not like what he is now like you don't have to run away <laughs> do you remember him playing or is it mostly from youtube stuff uh, briefly i remember when he played in peoria illinois for the rivermen i think that's my earliest memory I have of him still playing and I was just a baby girl at that time but um I remember running around the ranks being in the locker rooms like in my brothers and we were you know I don't know how my mom kept us in line like we were running around the rinks all the time <laughs> like she probably had to put a leash on us um but yeah I, I do and then he started coaching um I think when I was eight years old maybe and so then that's when most of my memories are of him coaching and working his way up. Nice. Uh, I did see too um, that you did a lot of work with uh, underprivileged kids when you yeah. were when you were at the Hampton School and stuff. I wanted yeah. to touch upon that. I think that's great. Yeah. So we, there's like a project week that we do um, every spring, and you go and you spend um, a little bit of time. And so it was right before the pandemic hit, actually. Oh, and I was in Vermont, Kern Hatton. Um, and I was with a group of like a bunch of juniors and seniors and um, you go to school with them and you kind of help them do like their crafts, their reading, their writing. Like you go to gym class with them and they come from really underprivileged homes and, um, you know, parents that maybe got into some trouble, like not not safe environments. Um, and that, I think, really kind of sparked my interest in human services, which is what I'm in now mm -hmm. um, at Northeastern. Um, and so, yeah, New Hampton is amazing to um, kind of exposing students to work like that, hands-on work like that. Um, so now, like, over the last semester at New Hampton, like, I've been working um, with, like, Immigrant Family Services Institute and helping, like, the adult program as a tutor, uh, like, like, learn to speak English um, and stuff like that. And so New Hampton was kind of, like, the path that led me to want to like, kind of service and, you know, offer my help more as much as I can. Um, yeah. Really, no, that's really. great. Well, that leads me into this. Now, uh, Coach Carpet told me how Orange Shirt Day or the National Day for Truth and Reconciliation is a is a big holiday for you. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, and it it means so. On that day, I remember um, getting like my orange button down, going to the rink. It was awesome, um, but it really is. It's it's really something that is so deeply rooted in my family. Um, my whole my dad's side of the family, my grandparents, my dad's parents. Um, our Korean were Métis, and so we grew up 
um, running hockey camps on a reservation. Um, okay. Yeah, in Alberta. And at the time it was called Hobima. Um, it's called, I think they changed the name now to like uh, Maspachis, but it, uh, it was my greatest memory growing up. We would literally go and we would bring like gear to like kids on the reservation. And that was like the Rocky hockey schools. And so going to, um, yeah, the res growing up was literally some of the best memories I have skating there. Um, and just always kind of giving back to that, that part of my, my bloodline. So, um, yeah, I talk about it with my grandparents a lot. My dad's brother is heavenly, or sorry, heavily involved in the indigenous community in Alberta. Um, and he does a lot of work um, helping Native people get jobs and um, kind of uh, the, the grants and the rights that they do have. And he works a lot with them. And so I always talk to my uncle about it, too. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's really fun. It's, it's great. Growing up, it was such a big part um, in my dad's household, dad's family's household. And um, it's something that means a lot to me. And over the last couple of years, I think I got a lot more knowledgeable just reading books about it and about like um indigenous rights kind of the past and like kind of what women went through growing up and so i i became way closer to that side of my culture over the pandemic when we had a lot of kind oh, yeah. of a lot of downtime and so you know reading books um about indigenous wisdom and their teachings um super important to me something yeah that i hold really close to my heart it's and this is this is like a hand up moment like Growing up in the States, you don't learn about what went on in Canada as much. And yeah. now that I have a daughter, I'm much more dialed in in learning about all, not just the whitewashed version of history, right? Mm -hmm. You want to learn from every side so to teach her so she has a better knowledge base than I do. Exactly. And it's yeah. so important. It really is. It's great what you do and how much you're uh, with all the the Truth of Reconciliation, the Indigenous History Month. I mean, all that stuff is so important. You know, yeah, no. And yeah, it, it isn't um, spoken about a lot in the U.S. And, you know, the U.S. has a lot of, <laughs> there's a lot of other stuff yeah, going right, on right. all the time. But uh, no, it, it's really, um, it's it's really spoken about now a lot. And it's I think it is gaining more awareness and it is gaining, people are becoming a little bit more educated on the topic, um, which is good. But yeah, definitely something I think, um everyone can always just be aware of learn a little bit yeah. more about you can see it it's such a small little thing but with the teams doing the indigenous people's night and the the jerseys that they wear for warm-ups and stuff yeah the one with the turtle was sick i don't know if you saw that yeah no and and um there's even things now like teams in Canada, like the Oilers, like they recognize that they're playing on, like they put on the Jumbotron, like during the playoffs, I remember seeing like, we recognize we're playing on like stolen land and like they, they recognize like the native Americans. And I thought that was just awesome. And so there's definitely awareness going on about it now. And people are starting to kind of become more aware and it's, it's great. It's like tipping over a Coke machine. You're not going to do it all at once. Exactly. No, that's great. Uh, all right, so I got some. These are the uh, the lightning round, the quick hits for you. Oh, okay, I'm excited. I got a dial. <laughs> all right, so for the team ones, who's the best dressed on the team? Who wins the the game day fit champ? Who would you? Oh, say? easy, Lily Brazis. Yeah. Easy, easy. Uh, that girl has the best outfits, and she looks awesome in them. Like I feel like if I were to wear what she would wear, it wouldn't look good on me. But she like looks amazing. Best dress really? all the time. Look uh the biggest on ice chirper on the team during games practices 
<laughs> I don't know. Uh, then it's obviously not your line mates then. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely not my line mates. I don't know if anyone's really like, I don't know if anyone really bickers. Like, I feel like we don't really do that a whole lot. No one, no chirps. All right, fair enough. Maybe that's, maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Yeah, there's no, there's not one person that comes to mind that like, maybe that I've heard. Also, maybe I just like don't hear what's going on in games. <laughs> I will say, I will say that since they since they swapped uh, Irving and Abella, and Abella's with you and Noel now, I've noticed that Abella the last few games is getting a little more feisty. And I'm like, oh, it's because she's playing with Paige and Katie. I love and she's it. Like, follow the example set on the line. Yeah. She's doing awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So, just like the chirpers, there's someone that keeps the team loose. Someone who's always got like a wise crack or. Scurve's always keeping it loose. Skylar Irving. Is oh, her, so her mic'd up videos from practice are hilarious. She keeps it light all the time. Um, Kate Holmes, so funny. I'd say Munch is always cracking jokes. Peyton Anderson, so funny. Peyton Culleton, awesome. Honestly, I can name every girl on on the roster right now. Like everyone keeps it so light. Everyone, um, honestly, always has such a good attitude um, in the locker room. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, who do you hate going against in drills during practice? Ooh, I don't. I don't hate going against. Well, anybody. all right. So not hate, but who who, who, who works you the hardest? Yeah, this is this is such a compliment, Lily. Uh, Lily Jovetic. She, oh, yeah. I like if I were the other team, I would hate to play against Lily because she's so hard to play against. That's a better way to ask that. I'll say, yeah. if you were on the other team, who would you hate? Yeah, yeah I would. Yeah, but like in practice, I love it because she works so hard. She works everyone so hard, and like she she's gonna make anyone she practices with so much better because she's not going to give you a hall pass. Like if we're, if I'm going in a corner with Lily, she's going to play me like yeah. she's playing anyone else. And, and she is just awesome. She's such a good defenseman. She's um, not very like, you know, like usually when you think of defensemen, they're six, one, they're big and she's just little, but she has so much strength and power and aggression in her body. And she works. So Lily, nice I, yeah. she was so nice to my daughter, and I was like, "You seem very different than how you are on the ice." <laughs> she's she's so sweet. She's awesome. And then yeah. on the ice, like she's just so fiery, and I love it. Like she's she's one of those girls you love on your team because she makes you so much better. But hate playing against her because she's gonna make your life so she's gonna make it so hard to play. <laughs> oh, well, that's great, great answer. Uh, in your opinion, who's the best skater on the team? Skater. Yeah, edge work, the whole deal, fast, speed, handles, everything. I think Alina Mueller. Oh, it's the skates. She <laughs> floats when she skates. Yeah. She yeah. she just does things where you're like, how does she even do that? Like she makes plays like last game. She sauced the puck over five players onto Murph's stick. Yeah. And she just does it with so much poise and she's so calm, but yeah, she she picks up so much speed in two crossovers, and she can tight turn on a dime and shake off whoever. And I think she's someone who I like look at, and and she makes everyone around her so much better. And you can learn so much from her. And she's just I sit beside her in the locker room. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so she's always just talking um, and helping me through a lot, and kind of helping everyone and pointing out kind of 
things she sees and she's brilliant all around. Like she's just, she I has- love when, when she takes the puck in deep, when you guys are going for a change and she'll hold it like one on four. Yeah. And let the entire change happen, give it to someone. And then she changes. Yeah. She, she, so, she always has an extra year too. Like if it's the end of her shift and she's been out there for a minute, like she'll still go in the zone and she'll make sure we have possession before she changes. And she's, She's just she. That's why she's she's one of the best female players in the world. Like she really is. Three time Olympian, I'd say. So. Yeah. <laughs> Speak uh, for yourself. Uh, best hands on the team, in your opinion. Um, Chloe, Chloe or Elena, but Chloe, Chloe really can can make some girls look silly. <laughs> it's almost when she's killing a penalty. If she doesn't get a bid, you're like, oh, I hope she's okay. She doesn't seem right. You know what I mean? Shorthanded, she's unbelievable. Shorthanded, I mean, shorthanded power play, even strength. Like, she's really, she takes care of the puck. Like, she really does. And she, yeah, if you're a defenseman, like, <laughs> and you see Chloe coming down on you with her hands, her speed, like, I'd be a little bit scared. Well, even the other way, going back the other way, like, you have to know where she is all at all times. She just all picks time. people clean. She's another player that's just so elite. I think our first line is just really unfair. To everyone. <laughs> uh pre-game rituals you and i talked about this the other day superstitions i don't know if you want to divulge do you have yeah. your pre-game rituals yeah i think my warm-up my pre-game rituals um off the ice are always pretty are very much the same um i like to get to the rink early um and then i norma i always ice bath the day before norma the day of um and then I'm someone who really has to like get my blood going. Like I roll out and I stretch, but I really have to like I will literally do laps like above the rink and just like run back and forth. Like on I the just, concourse, yeah. Yeah, on the concourse. Like I just need my blood going. Um I and like you play I, the uh <laughs> you give them to play the Benny Hill music like during the game when the kids Yeah, run. Like, <laughs> I like I like breaking a sweat. Like I yeah. really, really get the blood, the legs going. Um yeah, and then on the ice, we kind of talked about it, but do the warm-up, get my hands going, and then after the national anthem, I'll just rub my palms on the ice, um, and I, I do it every time. I haven't – I just started doing it, actually. Um, one of my best friends from back home, he was like um, – because I, I would put water on my gloves, yeah. like, last year, and he was like, why don't you just rub your palms on the ice? And I was like – that's really a good idea. And so after, I'm like, why don't I? Because sometimes then I just have wet, so, like sopping wet gloves. And I'm like, oh, like I put too much. This is gross. But I just want to like, yeah, kind of loose. And he was like, yeah, he's like, just rub your palms on the ice. And I was like, that's genius. Sometimes you need a fresh <laughs> so, set of eyes on a palm. So, like, I kind of, yeah. <laughs> and then I, and then I go like that. I'm good to go. And I love how it feels. I feel like my hands are warm at that point. They're wet, but, um, I really, I do it in practice too, and in, in the stretch circle at the end of every stretch. But yeah, is there anyone that has like the crazy, like like you know the stories about like Sidney Crosby and all the stuff he does? Is there anyone <laughs> on the team that has like that kind of level commitment to the superstitions? I don't think so, but I know like Meg, Katie, and Paige love their juggling. Oh really, yeah. yeah, really good at their juggling. Um, not that I don't know if it's very much of a superstition, but they just they do it at the. I notice them always doing it at the start of every game, and they're really good at it. 
And I'm like, wow, that's really impressive. And they, they'll get in sync. And it's like three of them. And I'm yeah. like, how are you guys doing this? That was that was a COVID skill, Katie told me. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> that's really good. Um, but I don't know if there's anyone that's like really, really, really yeah, yeah. delicious. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So one, one person on the squad that you need, no matter the time, place, location, who would you call? Skylar Irving. Yeah. She was my day one and she'll, yeah, she's, she's someone who you could call her in the middle of the night and she'd probably answer just because her phone is on like off of vibrate. Like she, she'd pick up. She, she really was like, I didn't even really know her. And, and I felt like I, I texted her um, and she was just awesome. Took me under her wing so fast. Um, yeah. But honestly, like there's, anyone like if I needed if I needed anything I could call anyone and I know I could count on any one of my teammates which is a really special thing yeah uh loose puck in the corner and you and coach Karp go in who's coming out with the puck (laughs) um I don't know does Karp have gear on (laughs) oh yeah full full game scenario I don't know I don't know. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say me, Carp. <laughs> no, that's. Hey, listen. Katie didn't hesitate at all. She was like me, hundred percent. So, I'm gonna say yeah. me. I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not taking it easy on Carp. No, fair enough. All right. So here's the lightning round. You ready? Mentally yeah. ready for this? This is this is the hard hitting journalism we do here at the morning skate. Okay. Uh, laces and tongues in or out? In tongues in. Okay. Favorite cartoon character? Ooh. Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I didn't really watch cartoons growing up. No? No, not, there's not one that like, oh, maybe when I was, when I was little, Minnie Mouse. I was obsessed with Minnie Mouse. That's a good one. I had a Minnie Mouse costume all the time. (laughs) Uh, Besides Northeastern, favorite and least favorite rinks that you've played in? Take Matthews right out of it. Ooh, favorite? Um, I actually liked playing at BC's rink. I thought they had a cool rink. Um, least favorite. I don't know. I like all rinks. I like playing. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's I have. Fine. You still got half a season, so that's probably a safe answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Least favorite. I can't. I don't have one at the moment. I think all rinks are cool to play at. All right. Uh, you go to pizza topping. Oh, pepperoni. All right. Uh, black tape or white? And do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? Black tape, heel to toe. All right. Uh, guilty pleasure TV show or your most recent binge? Oh, Shameless. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I've been watching Shameless nonstop. I just think it's so funny. Like, I, even if I'm not watching it, like, just having it playing makes me giggle. My favorite character is Kevin by far. It's so funny. I love Kevin. Like the whole show is just funny. Um, Do you remember your first stick and what it was? I had a pink hockey stick. I think it was like an Easton. It was all pink, all pink gloves, pink stick. Um, And I I think I got it for my birthday or for Christmas. It's my first earliest memory. Uh, Pancakes or waffles? Neither. I don't eat. I don't really eat them. <laughs> not a breakfast. Not a breakfast food. That might be controversial. I'm well. I'm actually. I'm gluten free, so I can't really eat them. Oh, okay. 
No, that's fair. Listen, Katie came on here and ripped Boston pizza, so you can do whatever you want. There's no controversy at all. I, I actually I love breakfast foods, but not um not pancakes or waffles. I, that could be controversial, but all right, all right. Uh, any what current NHL player reminds you of your game? Or you could say uh, former too if you can't think of a current. Yeah. Um. Honestly, we just kind of talked about it, but Bergeron. Uh. I I really love he's he's a selfie winner every single year and I think that's such a like to take care of both ends be a two hundred foot player, um, and in the face off dot he's one of the best. Uh, so I think I think Bergeron and I also think like he's he's really um, he like has so much respect for the game and for other players and I think that's something that I really try and um, have as well. It was a nice moment with him and uh, Tage Thompson when he. Uh... At the face-off, he asked about his wife who had battled cancer and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I'm my family is actually really good family friends with the Thompsons. We oh yeah, oh, that's funny. Yeah, it's I think yeah. So we I think me and my sister always laugh because every other day someone will ask if we're related, oh. um, like to Tage and Tice, and we're always like no, but we're like best friends with them. Like we've known them for years. Like oh, that's we great. have pictures and like diapers together. He's a beast, man. Talk about coming into his own. Honestly, if I actually, I was going to say Tage Thompson might be the most dynamic player in the NHL at the moment. <laughs> yeah, the, the Buffalo's clicking. And you got uh, Levi coming. Yeah. and From the other side of the rink there. No kidding. Yeah. And he's, Levi's awesome too. Like that that program, I think, is going to have a really exciting future. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, your favorite pastime, not hockey related? Oh, I love reading. Yeah? Reading. I'm, I'm a big bookworm. Um, I also like running a lot. Um, yeah, I like walking too. Just like putting a podcast in and walking. Me and my mom go on walks all the time in the summer. Favorite? You got a couple of favorite authors or someone that you like read like a series or is nonfiction fiction? Um, I in the summer I would go back and forth between fiction and nonfiction. Um, I tried to switch it up all the time, but uh, no, no favorite author. Just honestly trying to get in as much information about new things i have like my favorite book is braiding sweetgrass and i'll read it every single every year it's like it's a book about indigenous wisdom but my someone gifted it to me my mom gifted it to me um and i read it every single year it's just awesome braiding sweetgrass <laughs> braiding sweetgrass uh, it's a great uh, book, yeah all right uh the uh alarm tone on your phone what do you have there Oh, it's like the most annoying one. It's like the one that like just goes, oh, how does it even go? It's like the da 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 Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. it just goes, I hate it. I hate it. But it gets me up. <laughs> you know what's always funny, too, is if you hear someone, like your alarm code, whatever it is, or your tone, I mean, and you're in like a store and someone has that as their ringtone <laughs> and you're like, how do you do that? That's such an awful noise. Yeah. It's awful. I, I purposely make mine the most obnoxious. So I just am forced to get up and shut it off. <laughs> uh, are you a multi-text person or are you like a paragraph text person? Multi-text. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I send like 20 texts in a row and I probably could have fit it into one. <laughs> uh, all right. Music festival. Any band or artist, living or dead, this is the Taze Thompson Music Festival. Country music, like Thomas Rhett, Morgan Wallen, Luke Bryan, Uh, Chris Stapleton. All right. 
There you go. And then the last one, the most famous person in your phone that you could reach out to. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I grew up with like a lot of guys that are like in the NHL now, just from like playing with them. So maybe I could just reach out to them. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, so I don't know. You don't know this, but we. So we end. I'm like borderline obsessed with Jerome McGinley, favorite player. Oh, nice. So, do you know Jerome McGinley? Have you met him? Uh, my dad used to play with him. Yeah, I know your dad. That's yeah. where I asked. Yeah. Um, I must have been really, really young, but yeah. And I also played against his daughter when she was at Dexter Southfield. Oh, she's over at Brown, right? Yeah, like she's at Brown now. Borderline obsessed. <laughs> but I played against Jade um, when she was at Dexter. But yeah, when I'm when I was super young, I think probably. But no, him and my dad are were were good friends, and they were on the same team. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, every we he's my like white whale to get on the podcast. You know, <laughs> that's and, awesome. someday maybe. But uh, no, no, that's all we had. I thank you so much for doing this. You know, oh, it was it was great to talk with you. Uh, once again, this is Taze Thompson, your sophomore forward, uh, Northeastern Huskies, going into her Christmas break and coming back refreshed and ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. I'm excited. All right. All right. Remember, Historic Matthews Arena, the best pound-for-pound -pound dollar value of hockey in the city of Boston, women's hockey. And that's it for this episode of the Morning Skate. Stay tuned for Coach Carp. Welcome back to the Morning Skate. Uh, it's another daytime special Northeastern edition. I am your host, Brownie, without my co-host, Ked, but I am joined by the associate head coach, of the Northeastern Huskies, Nick Carpenito. Carp, how are you doing, buddy? I'm great. I'm going to call you Brownie. It still stresses me out. I feel like you're going to put me on the line or something like that. <laughs> it's all good, buddy. I know <laughs> it's so funny when I talk to people involved with Northeastern and they're like, oh, how do you know Coach Carp? And I'm like, oh, I coached him in high school. And they're like, what the what? <laughs> <laughs> the girl who does, the, the two girls who do the play-by-play it was like you could see their minds explode when I was talking to them and told them that on, on a Saturday's game. Who was that? That was Fracken and who? I forget there. I, I, I apologize. They, I met so many people that day. Yeah. Well, you big uh, day in the media box, right? You broke. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. It was uh, very exciting. I had a whole different perspective. Uh, I wrote about it that uh, I hand up guilty that I always sit behind the opposing team's net. I know. Then, I know you're interviewing, but I do have a question about the media box because I'm never in there. Do they have good snacks in there? I don't know. It was my first time, so I didn't want to be that guy. And I, <laughs> I didn't I didn't go for a single snack. Fair I was enough. in the way of enough people because in the far corner, I'm like, she's like, sit wherever you want. So I went down. I'm like, I'm going to go all the way down the end out of the way of everyone. Okay. Mm -hmm. I went down all the way to the end. I was like one seat in, but there's a pole behind me, like a handlebar, like a yeah. hand, handrail. And because of the handrail and the proximity to my chair, it was a tight squeeze. Yeah. I mean, I'm not the slightest guy in the press box. And so, did you meet Todd? Does that uh, name sound familiar? Old bald guy? I sat like a seat over with a toothpick. Yeah. yeah. I sat like a seat over for it. He was the one. He was like, oh, sorry, I, I'm a little too thick for this space. I'm like, you and me both, buddy. <laughs> and it was, and I realized, I think midway through the second period, I'm like, Oh, you idiot. If you would slide six inches in either direction, there'd be like an extra foot of space. 
Yeah, those so, uh, those chairs have wheels, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it, it's yeah, nice, yeah. but but the the I did see the snacks. I didn't partake. I brought my own water. I didn't want to be that guy. Uh, so, I didn't want to come in my first day and load up my backpack. You know, <laughs> next time you're up there, so that that guy that you sat next to, that's our volunteer assistant coach. So he's worked with Frankel. He's worked with Bogalski. Oh. He's worked with uh, he works with Phillips. Obviously, he's our goalie guy. Oh, okay. Oh, good to yeah. know. There was a few plays where he was like. He uh he had some things to say. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, he and I and he was making notes and stuff, so I knew he was somebody. I just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's great. Next time for sure. I would say you should bring him on a podcast, but if you asked him, he'd say, "What's a podcast?" Hundred <laughs> percent. That's all right. He's that's, the best. That's how I was a few years ago. <laughs> now look at me. Um, but the one thing I did know. All right, so we always sit behind the goalie because I'm usually with my daughter. You want to keep yeah. a six year old entertained. You want to yeah. be with the puck is right. So um. Without her in the press box, obviously, I sat center right. And I got to see a lot more of Phillips play than mm-hmm. normal. Mm-hmm. Holy smokes, is she a good goalie? Yeah. Yeah. She's like with her numbers that she has, she may be underrated at this point. Yeah. Still. So she actually, and I, I don't know if you saw this before we jumped on here, but she's got goaltender of the month back to back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's, uh, she's very, very good. And, uh, I mean, I, I think we've talked about it before. Like, I think she's surprising a lot of people this year. Pretty much everybody except for us. Yeah. You know, like she she's been to she's been to the USA National goaltending camp. Um, you know, she was she was unbelievable when she was in in AAA hockey. And um, you know, I told you the story last time on how we brought her in initially to bring to be our starter. And um, you know, people always ask me, you know, now that now that Gwyneth is a starter. Like what? What has changed in her approach? Um, and you know, this, the answer is always nothing. And and I think that that's what makes a great goaltender. She's just so consistent yeah. um, with her approach to practice, with her approach to to game day, whether she's starting, whether she's not. Um, and I think that's why we knew she'd be able to step in right away and, and do some pretty uh, big things for us. And you know, she keeps us in every game, and she makes the stops that she's supposed to. And Sometimes she makes the stops that she's not supposed to, and that's what you want in in any goaltender that's on your team. I will say too, with the I know the the your forward group gets most of the shine, rightfully so, mm-hmm. how good they are. Um, but without Hobson and Fontaine back there and Franco gone, yeah, and it's you have Phillips, and I feel like now you have a much more much more depth on defense, if that makes yeah. sense. And yeah. the the play of the like. Jovetic, Constantinople, mm-hmm. uh, just every every game, uh, Marone, how they're getting better and better. And yeah. I feel like they're not relying on Frankel or they're not relying on that top pair. Yeah. And everybody's contributing. I mean, uh, me and Taze talked about it. Abby Marone, you guys are up by like three goals with two minutes left, and she's down on one knee blocking shots. Yeah. The buy-in is just tremendous from the back. Yeah. End. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge, and you know we like it, it's really tough to replace a, a Hobson and a and a Fontaine and a Frankel, obviously. Um, so we we weren't necessarily looking for somebody to step in and replace, uh, you know, especially like Fontaine's production. What we're looking for is kind of a replacement by committee, you know. And and Marone, I mean, she's I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I think she's got maybe twelve points this year. She's had four in her career. Wow, you know, before before coming into this year, and you know, Yovtich, like she's she's not 
we never expect her to come in and be, you know, a, a world beater offensively. We want, obviously we want our defensemen to contribute as much as, as much as they possibly can offensively, but her value is her, her defense. Like when we played against uh, Princeton, uh, you know, they have Sarah Filia is on their team. She's like the next big thing coming out of hockey Canada. She was in the Olympics last year. Um, that was Lily's assignment. Like Lily's, Lily's was job was to be her best 16, friend. Right. Say that again. Was that the 16 on 16? Yep. Yeah, yep. numbers. Yeah, you know, and and um, you know, I think she, I think uh, if I remember correctly, Philly got an assist uh, off a bad turnover, and um, you know, I'm not even 100 percent sure that Lily was out there at that point in time. I think it was the second period. So, um, you know, what what she brings to the table defensively, I think you know, it always everybody always looks at who scored and who you know got assists and stuff like that. But what she brings to our team is is so valuable it's it's uh but unfortunately it goes overlooked you know so any anytime i have an opportunity to talk about lily and, and what she's done i i do it you know and it, it's kind of reminds me you know her, her defensive game kind of reminds me of tessa ward you know mm. super physical just a lot of sandpaper a lot of grit um to their games and you know wardo obviously she was a forward so she chipped in offensively a little bit more than lily but you know the the value that they bring to the team is is pretty similar yeah, uh, Taze uh, mentioned when I asked her in the the lightning round part was uh, who would you, who is the who do you like relish the most going against in drills? Like who's the toughest? And she she said Jovetic. Yeah. Oh yeah. We talk about Ward. Uh, Lily Brazis reminds me of her game a little bit. Yeah. A little yeah. Bit of a nail gun out there. Yeah, and Lily, you know, I, I think uh, I'm I'm very excited to see how she progresses. I I think her skating is very underrated um, you know she she gets up and down the ice with the best of them like she can keep up with anybody on her team and um, you know she's going through I mean every every freshman goes through a transition like there are certain things you can do at the prep school level that you definitely can't do at the college level and yeah. um, you know every everybody goes through it but I thought um, you know you're really seeing our freshmen now um, you know Lily Lily Brazis Lily Shannon especially like they're starting to figure out what works and, and what doesn't and you can go over those things in video and we do video pretty much every week um you know unless we have a short week uh from on an individual basis um you can do as much of that as you possibly can but you don't really understand the time and space that you have or, or the space that you can create without experience you know and, right. and they're getting that they're playing yeah they're playing a ton of minutes and um you know they're 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 starting to figure it out. I actually thought last weekend against Vermont, uh, you know, the Irving Anderson Shannon line was our best line, especially in that yeah. second game, they were absolutely flying, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as far as other freshmen goes, I mean, Constantinople, I think is going to, Hey, we've got, we've got some really quality D, you know, we're, we're definitely missing uh, Allard who's, who's done for the year. Um, but Constantinople, every game, that kid just gets better and better and better. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very comfortable saying, and I made this comparison before, uh, like she's she's pretty much what Carter was her freshman year, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and it's scary, you know. So we're, we're excited. She's going to turn into a cornerstone defenseman without a doubt for us and, and play a huge role, especially moving forward. Couple of couple of things that stick out to me about Constantinople is um, – in the game, when I was at the press box, just by the different height, I could hear more of the on ice. Uh, and she really 
directs traffic out there. Yeah, she's not afraid to talk. Very vocal. And there was a low-key play she did. Oh, it was, I think, it wasn't the game I was at. I don't remember who was, it was two, three weeks ago. Uh, It was one of the games where Mueller was getting run all game long. Mm -hmm. And she was getting pretty worked up. And it was at a whistle, and Mueller was going at it with another player. And Constantinople went in between and kind of steered Alina back to the bench. And I made a note of it because I was like, that's a freshman Mm -hmm. pulling a fifth-year three-time Olympian out of a scrum and having, you know, in-the-moment clarity to do so. And I thought that showed a lot of leadership potential and growth in her game. Yeah, yeah, she was she was an unbelievable leader at the prep school level, and you know she was. So this this freshman class is kind of the last of the early recruiting. Um, so she's she's been somebody that's been. Uh, I mean, she's been associated with our program since she's a sophomore in high school around there. Okay. Um, so you know we've always known, even even then when we were talking to her, like she just such a personable player, uh, such a personable person. Um, you know, obviously we keep really close tabs on them throughout uh, throughout the time that they're committed to us to, to when they get here. And, um, you know, every year, nothing but unbelievable things about, about her from her coaches, but also her peers, which is, I think sometimes even more important, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, we're, we're so excited about her and, and the strides that she's taken so far in this first half. And uh, you know, hopefully it, it continues. Uh, all right, so the halfway point, right? The unofficial official halfway point of the season. Yeah. Twenty-one games played, eighteen two and one with six straight wins. Yep. What would be your assessment of the team at this point? Um, Christmas break came at the right time. You know, I think uh, we we were talking as a staff, like we've never played twenty-one games in the first half. You know, oh, really? I, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, was the showcase, is that what put you over the top or? You no, know, I think it's just the way the schedule happened to work out this year. Um, you know, we, we wanted to get a couple non-league games in early um, so we can get ready for the hockey schedule. Um, and obviously, if you have an opportunity to go play hockey in Nashville, you're going to take it 10 out of 10 times. So yeah, right. um, typically, we'll at least get like maybe a one game weekend or a weekend off in the first half. And, you know, it, it, the schedule just didn't work out that way. And, um, you know, we we got uh, – we had a couple Tuesday games too. So, um, you know, when I when I say, you know, Christmas break couldn't, couldn't have come at a better time, like what it says about our team having a record like that in the first half is just the, the resilience and the ability to dig deep because, you know, we lost some pretty big pretty, – pretty big pieces of the puzzle uh, at, at different points in the season with Carter being out for a little bit and, you know, Murph went with the national team and then Allard went down too. So, um, but we, we had some players step up and, you know, we had a, a really quality next woman up mentality. That I think, uh, you know, carried, carried us to the, to the second half and, um, you know, the, the players, they love each other and they'll, they'll fight for each other. Just like what you said with Constantinople trying to help out, you know, Alina, it doesn't matter what class you're in. It doesn't matter, um, you know, what, where you're at on the depth chart, they're all willing to fight for one another. And, um, you know, I, I think it really showed, uh, cause there were times where we could have been, we could have gone down, you know, pretty, pretty aggressively. And, you know, they dug deep and, uh, had some really good mental tough toughness and, you know, put on a great first half for us. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, 
Is there anything that you are looking for improvement in the second half? Any different specific areas or just a general? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think for the most part, we had some really quality buy-in defensively. I think, uh, you know, when we were great defensively, we were great. Um, so I, th I think the biggest thing is we're going to look for a little bit more consistency on that end of the puck uh, or on that side of the puck. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting because the second half, we're going to have a little bit more breathing room with just 12 games in, in seven weeks. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to, with a little bit more breathing room in between games, we'll, we'll be able to be a, a bit more consistent. Uh, but I, we got into, we got into consistency trouble more in situations where we played like five games in eight days, stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, well, mentally, um, you, you know, the physically fatigued and the mental goes with it. You yeah, know. exactly. You know, as soon as, as soon as you get mentally tired and, you, you know, it's not even just the games that we played, the amount of games that we played, it's, we had midterms, we had finals, you know, we had big assignments due before Thanksgiving. And, um, you know, so there's, there's a lot that goes into, to being a student athlete outside of the rink too. So, um, you know, I think at this point in, in our coaching career, you know, especially with, with coach Flint, um, you know, he has a really good grasp on, Oh, we got midterms week coming up. This is going to be a week where we're going to need to, you know, maybe do a little bit more small games and take a little bit of an emphasis off of, off of tactics. And, um, you know, this is a light week for school. Maybe we can push them a little bit harder. So just managing that, I think is going to, uh, you know, really contribute to that consistency that we're going to be looking for. Uh, while you're talking about the staff, shout out to coach Berman for getting the, uh, was it the U18 Canadian game? U18. Right? uh u18 american oh american i thought it was yeah. sorry sorry yeah so she's uh she's gonna be heading out to sweden and we actually have another uh pretty exciting development within our staff too so melissa um piacentini she is our director of hockey operations um she's i don't know if it's still the case but i believe she's the all-time leading scorer at syracuse um from Weymouth and she got appointed the assistant coach for the world university games, oh, wow. uh, for, uh, for team USA. Oh, um, so the world university games, it's what we were supposed to do in Switzerland last mm -hmm. year, but it got, uh, it got canceled for, uh, because of COVID. So she's going to be heading out to, um, Lake Placid, I believe in mid January for about 10 days. Nice. So, She'll be able to. She'll be representing that as well, which we're su we're super excited for her about that. Oh, that's great! Nice stick taps for them for sure. Yeah, and then it's just the Coach Flint and Coach Carpino show for a couple of weeks. <laughs> so that'll be fun. You guys will be all right. Yeah, um, be fun. Your personal your break. What's the schedule look like? Because I was talking to Taze and she was saying how you guys shut down for like eighteen days. Yeah. Yeah. So um, is that you know, is players... that a mandated shutdown for the NCAA? Uh, no, not till, um, the only, the only mandated shutdowns and they might be changing this. Um, but as of right now, it's, uh, you know, during national signing week, uh, a few days there, you're not allowed to, to do any in-person recruiting, mm -hmm. um, national tournament, uh, the frozen four weekend, you're not allowed to do any in-person recruiting. And then, uh, typically in the, the month of May, you're not allowed to do anything either. Um. So, you know, this is this is an opportunity for staffs all over the country to kind of get out uh, recruiting a little bit more. But, um, you know, I'll be going to some local prep school games. I'll be going to Canada. Uh, I'll be going to Minnesota. And, 
it's pretty much going to take us into Christmas where we don't do any recruiting and, uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's it. Then we pretty much, I think we start back up on the 30th. So a little bit of a break, but we'll be, uh, we'll be looking for future Huskies in the meantime. Uh, the Smashville showcase. Yeah. Seemed like a time. I mean, obviously you're on the right side of it. Uh, two wins, got the guitar. Of course, yeah. Aurora can play the guitar too. There's nothing that yeah. the women can't do. Um, <laughs> what was the experience like from a coaching perspective? And I, Tay said how much fun they had as a team. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's got to be different challenges, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was a blast. It's always neat to to bring women's college hockey kind of in the forefront in areas that don't have it. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so so we've done that in Pittsburgh, we've done that in Washington, uh, D.C. and uh, Vail, Colorado, and you know, hopefully we have a couple of trips lined up uh, over the next couple of years too. But um, we did it in Ireland. That was a, that was an absolute blast a, a few years ago. So, um, you know, I, I think uh, I think the players they have the the opportunity to kind of get out and experience the the local surroundings a little bit more than the coaches, because um, for us it's still you know, it's a business trip and, Film and you know, yeah. while it's, yeah, while it's in Nashville, like we, we still want to go out there and, you know, we want to beat Princeton. We want to beat Cornell. So we need to, uh, while it's in a different area, we're still kind of going about our week as, as we typically would. So, um, you know, we did got, we did get to do some pretty neat stuff. We went to the grand old Opry, uh, hmm. on Saturday night. Um, and that's always better after a couple of wins to do something like that. Hmm. So, uh, we were supposed to go to the Predators game, but they had their uh, they had their water main issues, so yeah. that game got canceled. Um, but yeah, it was it was a it was a great great week, and I know the players got to have some barbecue, and uh, we got to go to a couple. We went to what did we do Florida Georgia Line. We got to check that out their restaurant, uh, so that was pretty neat. Uh, and it was interesting driving to practice every day. You're getting there like 10 a.m. and you see that there's already live music going on and. and oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, different restaurants and bars and stuff as we're driving by. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. The, the people that ran it were, were first class and, um, definitely, definitely would do it again if we had the opportunity. That's pretty much all you can ask for, right? Yeah. Uh, all right. So rest of the way, uh, no more fun getaways. You, uh, it's all hockey East, the rest of the slate. Yeah. Um, I did. This was a nice little bonus for you. You only really have Merrimack and UVM away. Everything else is local, you know. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's got to be a nice, you know. You come right back with BU though, straight out of the gate. Yeah. Got to be yeah. a nice test. Yeah, they're they're a strong and they're really they're a strong team and they're really starting to uh, to pick up their game. They had they had a pretty decent amount of turnover last year, so I think they're they're always they're sorting it out and. Uh, you know, if there's one thing about BU, Coach Coach DeRocher, he always has them ready in February, which is yeah. when you got to have everybody ready. So, when in um, time, right? That's what they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, hardware season. Yeah, hardware season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it. I think it'll be it'll be good to be local, and you know, while the the first half was pretty condensed uh, from a schedule perspective, um, you know, I'm hoping that the second half is going to allow us to be a little bit more refreshed going into going into tournament time. So, um, yeah, it's nice to be local. It's never a bad thing to sleep in, in, uh, your own bed. And right. I actually, uh, the Vermont trip's actually my favorite trip every year. So, 
I think I'm kind of bummed out that we were only up there for one night. I, I enjoy it up there. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be good to stay kind of local. Uh, I know nothing's in stone, but, I mean, the line seemed pretty good right yeah. now. You still looking to shuffle, or are you, you happy with where you're at? I mean, I know yeah. it's game by game, right, and scenarios, but overall. It's, it's game by game, and it's it's tough to make a lot of changes when you when you just won 18 games in, in a half. So, um, you know, I, I think – I think we're always going to be looking to to see how we can improve our team in different ways, and um, you know whether whether it be with the lines, whether it be with our penalty kill units, whether it be with our power play units. But uh, you know, every everything seems to be humming pretty good. I, you know, we always reevaluate after we get back from Christmas break. Uh, you know, they they have opportunities, uh, or I'm sorry, they have uh, you know programs that they're supposed to be doing when they're back home. So we need to make sure that everybody's coming back in shape and. Um, so we'll evaluate the first week of practice before we get into it. And if we need to make any adjustments, then we will. I, I the uh, the Abella and Irving swap. Yeah. On the lines. Uh, talk about benefiting two lines with one move. Yeah. It seems like a, it was one of those ones you're like, oh, why don't we do this earlier? You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 It's it's. And, and we, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was gonna say we. You know, Holly. She. She's a big time distributor, right? And and you know, if anytime we can get Katie Noel the puck, yeah. we want to get her the puck, you know. And um, so we we wanted to make that move, and uh, for that reason, and then the other reason is we wanted to have a quote unquote third line. Like I, I, I realistically think that we have a line two A and a line two B. Yeah. Um, uh, but that that's quote unquote third line, like a lot of size, a lot of speed, a lot of grit. They they were out there against UVM's first line a few times last weekend, um, you know, and, and I thought they did great and still created some really quality opportunities. So, um, you know, that, that could be something that we explore down the road, put them up against the first line and, and uh, you know, have them grind other teams down and, and kind of free up a little bit more space for our, our second and uh, our, excuse me, our line 2A and, and our first line. And, um, you know, they, they were, they were unbelievable. And, you know, Katie, no, obviously she's done some incredible things cause she's getting the puck on her stick more. And, um, you know, we, we were telling Holly to move the puck and go to the net. She's doing that. She's an incredibly coachable kid. And, uh, you know, Tay's, we were, when, when she first came in, when we were first thinking about bringing her in, uh, once she went in the transfer portal, the one big thing we noticed about her was she goes to the net and she scores a ton of goals out front. Um, so when you're on a line with Katie, Noel she's getting the puck to the net nine out of 10 times, which is exactly what we want out of her, you know? So um, we've got pretty good chemistry in those lines and, um, you know, hopefully it, it continues in the second half. I, when I was talking with Taze, I did say how, I love how Abella game after game is kind of emulating Noel and Thompson and how mm -hmm. she's got a little bit of grit to her that you see mm -hmm. come out more and more. And I'm like, Oh, that's just the making friends line. Three of them yeah. out there. Oh yeah, they make they make a lot of friends out there. We got a couple of lines that that really enjoy making friends with other teams. I that's the part of the game I like the most personally. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, talk about the shuffle on the lines. The the power play one PP one had a, a unique look the last few games. Yeah, five forwards. I mean, when you have a Rod and Mueller out there, it's really like having a defenseman, anyways. But yeah, the the five forward line seemed to be clicking. They had yeah. that wagon wheel cycle going high. Yeah, it was 
something to see. I mean, they didn't get as much as we obviously would have liked, but you know, you want every power play to score. But yeah, they uh, they were clicking. It looked good. Yeah, we did we did well last weekend. I think we went like three for five on the on yeah. the whole weekend. And um, you know, the the reason that we decided to go with five forwards is because we want our players to be interchangeable. You know, and and we we wanted to put our most skilled players out there and. You know, I think that we have probably three or four other players that could definitely make a case for that. But, um, you know, the the power play, the way that we run it, it's it's mostly about reading coverages and having a plan A and a plan B. So so relatively simple, but we need players that can shoot from the outside. But we also need players that are willing to get in the dirty areas. And, um, you know, because, because they're pretty interchangeable, all, all five of them, uh, you know, they're all willing to get in front of the net and they're all willing to take that outside shot. So... Um, you know, it's, it's looked pretty good. And I, I think that there's definitely still some room for improvement more, more on the patient's front of things. Um, but I mean, we're, we're producing pretty well. So uh, it's, it's tough to complain about it right now. Well, and I like too, with that group on power play one, power play two, just try to beat them. Right. I mean, it's just a natural competition in the setup. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the way that we kind of see our, our two units and, you know, differing is, you know, we've got Carter up top and, and, uh, Poulin LaBelle up top as well in that second unit. You got Lily Shannon out front, you got Irving on the flank and, and Thompson on the flank. So, um, you know, the way that I, I kind of explained it to them, uh, both units is that, you know, I, I want our, I want our top unit to be more jazz and I want our second unit to be more heavy metal, you know, just getting pucks to the net, outnumbering yeah. out front, you know, pass, pass shot and, uh, you know, they, they've had some pretty good success with that so far. Um, you know, uh, Carter's got an incredibly heavy shot. She does a great job getting pucks to the net. Poulin and LaBelle gets pucks to her. Uh, and then Irving, Shannon, and uh, Thompson go to the net and, and try to find those rebounds. I will say that uh, Tay said that one of the things she really appreciates about the coaching staff is how much you guys break it down and make it easily digestible in terms of uh, situations, what you're supposed to do, responsibilities. And yeah. that was something she commented on. And I wasn't oh. trying to butter you up. That was all her just on her own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer that hockey is as complicated as you make it. It's not a very complicated game, you yeah. know. And I think uh, if you can – if you can, you're, you're going to have some complexities to, to, you know, the way you go about things. But – you know, the simpler you can keep it and, uh, you know, making sure that whenever you institute something, you, you kind of explain the why, because that's, that's the way that our group tick, uh, ticks. Um, you're going to have success off of it. Uh, your biggest, what are some of the biggest surprises for you this year so far? Biggest surprises? In terms of maybe the team, personnel. I think Lily Shannon has been a, a pretty big surprise to us. And, um, you know, we knew, we knew that she was a, an incredible athlete. Uh, you know, she came from a great program in, in governors, um, with great coaches. Um, we, we saw a pretty, uh, we saw her really come on to the, to the second half of, uh, or to the, to the end of her career at governors, um, you know, really powerful, Really great size, uh, really great size, great shot. Um, you know, she was initially somebody that we thought would would be, 
I mean, we, we, we felt like she was pretty raw coming in. So we thought that it would take a little bit of time for her to kind of develop and, and get used to the speed of the game, but she's just so smart and, uh, she's doing a really good job utilizing her, her size and strength. And, um, you know, one thing that's come quite a ways since even when she first got here and something we identified right out of the gate was her skating. So she's able to get up and down the ice quite a bit quicker than we anticipated, um, uh, this early on at least. So, um, you know, she's been, I don't know if I'd necessarily call her a surprise. I think maybe the surprise would be in the fact that how quickly she's come along. Um, but we knew she was going to be a really good player and she's been a, she's been an everyday player for us right out of the gate. So um, I think that that's, that's been pretty exciting for us to see. And uh, you know, the other one would be definitely Jovtich. Like we knew, we knew what we had in her and um, you know, in the beginning of the year, she was, she struggled a little bit, but she's come along really, really well. And she's buying into exactly what we need from her. She's not as, as not saying she was necessarily concerned about it, but everybody wants to produce. But now, um, you know, it's funny because she's not as focused on the production aspect of things. And now she's producing more than she ever has. You know, she just had her first multi-point game this past weekend. So um, it's been, again, not necessarily a surprise, but, you know, we're, we're excited that she's, she's bought into exactly what we need out of her and she's executing it to, to the best of her abilities. Yeah, it was a tough break for Shannon in the first game over the weekend uh, when, yeah. she, when she got the gate. Uh, I did notice, I think I put it in the article, I did notice that she uh, went out of her way to pick up a few pucks and hand them to the officials the next day, which yeah. was a uh, smart PR. Yeah. He's a coachable player right there. Whatever yeah. it takes. <laughs> <laughs> if I can go out there and pick up some pucks for the refs, I would myself. But... <laughs> well, that was, I mean, that was all I had for you. That was the first half, you know. It was like a first half wrap, and, I'm, you know, that's it's, it. That's easy. That was easy, man. There was no no hard hitting questions. Oh, I do have one for you because oh, we boy. did the lightning round. We did the lightning round. Uh, this yeah. one wasn't on the list, and I have it for you now. I'm uh, ready. I just did the lightning round with Hayes. This is a new one to the lightning round. Any musical artist, living or dead, the Nick Carpenito Festival. Give me your top three. Headline uh, Zeppelin. Zeppelin number one. Okay. Uh, who else would I would I go for? Queen. Oh, good one. Um, and Living or Dead, you said. Yep. Oh, Who have I been really into? I've been forced to be into super simple songs pretty aggressively, but that's because of my daughter. <laughs> um, and it's uh, that would be the not That'd be the not Carpenito Festival right now. Um. <laughs> uh, you know what, Jack Johnson. I've always oh, oh Jack. You know what? I'm sorry, Dispatch. I loved okay. Dispatch growing up. Yeah, Dispatch yeah. OAR, that kind of jam band, uh, that jam band vibe. I've always been pretty into growing up. So, yeah, that would probably be that would probably be the top three. That's a very very wide spectrum, but definitely Zeppelin, definitely. Queen. All right, you have three different stages. You can just bounce around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I'd want there to be one stage. I could take it all in, but oh, that's fair. Yeah, well, yeah, listen, buddy, it's your festival. You yeah, do whatever you like. Yeah, do whatever you'd like. <laughs> oh, well, that's all we had for you for today. You know, we uh, we look forward to the run. Maybe get you back on before the playoffs start. You know, Sounds good to me. End of the season wrap. And uh, once again, it's your boy Brownie here with uh, associate head coach Nick Carpenito for the Northeast women's hockey team, who are a bit of a wagon, I think it's safe to say. 
and uh, everything going in the right direction. Best of luck the rest of the way, Coach Kyle. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, and uh, you'll all you Ked Sims, he'll be back next next podcast. Don't worry, you won't have to deal with just me. All right, so that's it for this for this edition. Thank you for watching or listening, I guess, since it is a podcast. All righty. <laughs>